welcome to the Keelhauled Podcast. I'm the voice of Sea of Thieves, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news for you. So tie yourself to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I have none other than the co-editors over at the Golden Sands blog post over on Medium, Captain Dead Eye Dre and Jeff the Brash. We're going to be diving into all of the weekly and monthly content that we got in this uh, update for the Fate of the Damned challenges, as well as the Fate of the Damned uh, uh, rewards that we're going to be getting into all of it is a really good conversation and a really long conversation so uh tuck in get ready we're going this week's episode is brought to you by four patreons big bad pad chris johnson or cj super pack chateau Neuf, and el jefe esteban thank you all for your support on patreon it means a lot to me uh, let's, let's do some introductions cause it's not too often that I actually have more than one guest actually on the show. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Dre, would you like to, to go first? Um, oh no, I'm a put on the spot. Hello. I am. I think we're all recording at the moment. Yes. 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 Okay, cool. Hello. I am dead eye Dre and I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's who I am. Well, I'm the other one. I'm Jeff the Brash, and we, like, the two yeah. of us, are the 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 co-editors of Golden Sands blog post. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome, welcome, folks. I I did want to uh, bring you guys in to to kind of talk about this because, uh, for as far as I know, Golden Sands blog post has been around pretty much since Sea of Thieves had a had a go at it, um, if not a little before, but. Uh, you guys are, are the the co-writers. You you gen, generally do all of the uh, updates in written form, whereas I typically do them audio form. But I, I like to reference uh, your material as well as like Rare Thief and uh, keep an eye on on YouTube as well. So uh, for folks that may not be aware of Golden Sands blog posts, can you give them kind of an elevator pitch of of what you you generally do? Uh, well, we try to keep people sort of up to date on what's what's the new stuff that's coming with each patch we've got uh other articles that detail like news surrounding the sea of thieves like events that they might be running or special promotions as well as guides to sort of the longer standing things like the tall tales things that you know exist outside of just a monthly update that aren't just there then gone that's right. Yeah, I actually yeah. started the blog shortly after uh, the game came out when they started doing the Build Rad Adventures, which mm -hmm. were every two weeks at the time. And I noticed that I had friends who were pretty frequently in a state of kind of confusion about uh, what's happening in the game. If they didn't log into the game, if they weren't following certain Twitter feeds, you know, uh, official media, then they really didn't know when things were coming, when time-limited things were leaving, uh, what was the nature of the, of the challenges, commendations. And so I figured there was kind of a niche for that. Um, Rare Thief at the time wasn't, wasn't doing it. Nobody really was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so with the, I think the Sunken Curse update was the first one where I started the blog. And then Dre came on um, in year two. Anniversary. Sometime after that, I believe. 
right when the kind of yeah. getting into the monthly updates mm-hmm. uh format that they've done uh and that allowed uh me to kind of divide the workload so that we can do a lot more frequent posts mm-hmm. which has been great with Dre being able to help me do that and uh yeah so we've been covering i i i basically the pitch is just if you pay attention to everything we put on the blog you should kn- you should know everything that's happening in the game whether it's a twitch drop or a sale on the Microsoft Store or anything uh, related to updates to the game and challenges. And so um, that's kind of our goal is that if you just look at the blog, you won't miss anything in -hmm. case you're not following a bunch of different sources for information. Awesome. And just to kind of give folks an idea of your kind of stance on Sea of Thieves or, or what kind of got you into it. Like, I know, Jeff, you tend to be a lot more of like a, a Rare fan and tend to follow follow Rare and what their projects are. Uh, Dre, um, and, and Jeff, if you want to correct me, feel free. Uh, what, what is kind of like your experience with Sea of Thieves? Like, what kind of got you into it? Or or was it more that you kind of stay stay wherever Rare is? Um. It's definitely that it's a rare project that initially brought me to it. I don't think I was there immediately. So there was a time when I wasn't quite up on what Rare are doing, like after the Connect stuff. And I think Sea of Thieves, it wasn't until 2016 or maybe 17, I realized about that project and kind of stuck with it and followed it. Right. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I had been kind of a Rare fan most of my life and and been uh, actually writing with dkvine.com for uh going on 10 years now um and so that's kind of what brought me into it uh and and i i met deray through sea of thieves i had mm-hmm. hadn't hadn't really interacted with dre uh in the rare fandom beforehand um but that's kind of where we connected was over through through my blog and through social media on twitter mm-hmm. and stuff like that so Awesome. Yeah. And how, how have you guys been working out? Like as far as uh as far as the, the Golden Sense blog post, um, are you looking to expand it at this point or are you guys pretty happy with the with with how it's working right now? Or uh what what do you think is gonna be in the future for Golden Sands? I, I think we're we're pretty consistently in a little flux of adapting to how the game is changing. Mm-hmm. And so if we think that we can do a, a different kind of guide for something better or differently than we've been doing, uh, like for example, when they when they released the Pirate Emporium, and this was right around when Dre came on to help me, we decided we needed a separate post every month that detailed cosmetics, yeah. just cosmetics, what what was coming into the shops, the Emporium, the black market, what was time limited, when was it leaving, and so we've been kind of changing up adapting to how the game changes and um but it also kind of changes by update so for instance this update that we're in the midst of right now the fate of the damned has a kind of different release schedule than we're used to they're doing something a little different every week and so that means that what our content is to cover that is going to be a little different than mm-hmm. in past months yeah, it's a little bit more and, week to week than month to month now. At least with this this particular update, yeah. 
And is, is that something that you guys have appreciated, like having more content to write about, or has that been a little more stressful trying to stay on top of, of changes as, as month to month goes with the different types of implementations for content? I don't know if it's more stressful. It, it can be good for retaining kind of click-throughs and, and engagement with our uh, total view counts if there's more content every week. But mm -hmm. um, I think we did most of the... We, we put through most of the work early on, kind of, you know, once you've created your first week's guide of here's a voyage in the, the shores of plenty, 90% um, of the work goes into that first week. And then when you write the week two content, it's kind of just tweaking things a little bit because mm -hmm. um, it's not a drastically different task than what... Yeah, in this particular case would. anyway, yeah. <clears throat> and have you guys... Uh... I know you guys tend to follow a lot of the lore. Have have you guys mm -hmm. been enjoying the the lore for this update specifically so far? Super duper enjoying it. Um, I think it's addressing some stuff from like last year that wasn't necessarily um, completely spelled out. Maybe, but when Fort of the Damned originally launched, because I don't think they ever really explained why. The ghost of Grey Marrow in that particular case was the thing that you faced at the end of the fort. And this time around, it feels like perhaps there is going to be a bit more of an explanation between, behind why it's him. So I quite like that. I appreciate as well that with each week, you're getting different characters and a little bit more interaction with some NPCs that you haven't really necessarily had a lot of interaction time with since right. like, their introduction. And on the topic of lore, mm. uh, that is something that the way we kind of divide some responsibilities on our, on the blog. Dre has typically uh, put together a a, a a post about lore every mm -hmm. update. The goal behind that is to catalog maybe some time limited bits of lore like dialogue that might not be there next month uh updates and so for people who are maybe not paying so close attention they might have missed that duke had hinted at something and now that piece of dialogue is gone from the game forever but it's preserved on the blog because of yeah. the post that dre puts together and that was something that i could never do uh just with my own just by yourself yeah yeah when i had my own kind of time constraints and i was doing everything myself i didn't have time to expand into things like that those were considered like it would be nice to do a post like that i just don't have the time and that's why having dre help me out and kind of do a 50 50 uh has allowed us to do more content you guys had mentioned uh some of the stuff that's happened in the past and trying to keep log of that it's it's funny that you bring that up because one of the hardest things for me is having all of that lore like just stuck in my head from mm -hmm the the book as well or the the books i should say uh as well as the actual in-game stories and the comics and things it's i i've realized uh all too too frequently that a lot of my memory is is at best in <laughs> episodes and trying to go back to double check stuff like that is almost impossible uh just mm -hmm. based on how i generally cover things and having having golden sense blog post having rare thief having the uh the sea thieves wiki has really started to become kind of my essential reference book 
to a lot of the stuff that I cover if I haven't like taken a screenshot of it. And if I have, where in the 300 plus photos <laughs> is that listed? Did I actually bother to, to categorize it? So I've really appreciated not only your content, but uh, a lot of the other CFEs content out there that are taking to more of a standard blog form post uh, or, or medium as as ironically as that's where you guys are, are having this mm -hmm. uh to to be able to keep up with a lot of the lore if you do have to go back and reference it so i just wanted to thank you uh for that because it's it's been helpful um it, like pleasure. early in the morning yeah, <laughs> yeah. i've been trying yeah, to like go back. in the morning just like trying to figure out what, when was this particular thing implemented when when did it start <laughs> right and, and the game's yeah. now going on what two and a half th three years if you count Almost the pre-launch yeah. kind of alphas and betas yeah, the beta, and, yeah. and so you know I, I, even myself i have to go back and reread a lot of stuff because it's just you know I, the novel for example i'll try to remember a detail from the novel and, and sometimes you can google what you're trying to think of but just the fact that i can think like oh wow it's actually been like 15 months since i read the novel last and 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 because the game's just been out mm -hmm. for so long that i have to kind of go back and refresh those things maybe reread the comics uh, reread the novel and then look at things and um, yeah and, and so with the various resources online we try to be one of those resources but absolutely uh, mm. we're also constantly checking Rare Thief uh, their the wiki, great map yeah. their map resources and their uh, and their guide resources and then also the wiki um, so yes it's it's good right now I think that the online fans are doing a good job of cataloging most things um, oh, for sure and we're just trying to com contribute to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've spent a fair amount of time uh, with the digital version of Athena's Fortune, and every time I'm like, "What is? What was that thing called?" <laughs> I'll have to go in there, and thankfully they've got like a, a search function, so I can just try oh, and search. Nice. Like that's a lot nicer than trying was... to flick through the pages. <laughs> it, it's oh it, yeah, it's, it's always crazy when you know, for instance, with like a, maybe there's a tall tale, and they'll name drop a random skeleton mm -hmm. who seems <laughs> to be Douglas. nobody yeah captain douglas and you think well who's captain douglas and then you reread the novel and you remember oh there was a captain douglas before he became a skeleton and he was kind of in gray marrow's uh gang or whatever and then so that you know those connections are all there and, and some of them are so small and mm -hmm. and not drawn any attention to that it's easy to miss a lot of that stuff well speaking of uh Lorena is the one of the yeah. biggest introductions to the game that we got. Uh, what was it? Two updates ago now? It feels like Ashen um, Winds brought her in. No, she was brought in with Vault of the Ancients. Right. Oh, September. Just because, yeah, okay. that one has That's been right. quite a long time between Vault and Fate. It yeah. has. Yeah. <laughs> it's a month it really update. There was, I think, seven weeks between between those updates. That's why it feels so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now now that uh now that all the ancients came in, we got Lorena. Lorena mm -hmm. is one of the the big protagonists in the Athena's Fortune uh book. How did you two feel when she first popped into the game and you you kind of realized like we're we're starting to see more of the game, more outside of like a tall tale where of course we're going to be facing uh, uh Rathbone with uh, the gold hoarder fight and and visiting the shores of gold, but when we're getting some of these these prominent um, prominent characters from the book into the game, and they are going to now be taking over very specific roles, uh, how how did that how did that make you guys feel? 
I'm like super excited to see exactly where they're going to go now with Lurina's story. And, uh, well, yeah, how they're going to develop. But it's also just really cool to see how they designed her, I suppose, in the 3D space. Because obviously, with the book, you've just got like that key image on the front. And then the rest of your imagination sort of fills in the blanks as to how you imagine them to be, or even sound. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to see her in game. Right, that I was an, an, a similar yeah, one. Was uh, the character Umbra mm-hmm. on Laguna yeah. Whispers, and the only time we had seen Umbra before was actually in live action in the YouTube clue videos for the quest for the golden banana ARG game that happened during the game's launch. And so there was these live action YouTube videos where an actress playing Umbra would give the clues every hour. And then, so it was very cool to see this live action actress then recreated as mm-hmm. a, a, a Sea of Thieves pirate avatar. Um, yeah, I love seeing this stuff come into the game. And, and with Lorena, it feels like it's cool to see a character that we're familiar with, but now in a new context. But it's also going to do a, a gameplay role, ideally, that we've all been wanting, which is that they need to do something maybe more interesting or, or different with the build rats. The the role of Duke kind of seemed like it was ripe for a change and bringing in Lorena to replace Duke kind of signals that some changes might be happening there. And that's very exciting from a gameplay point of view. But then it's also, it has a lore point of view as well. Mm-hmm. And I love that Sea of Thieves manages to do that a lot where they will find a problem they want to fix gameplay-wise, but they will have a clever way of doing it that ties in other yeah. elements of the game. They'll like wrap it up in the lore so that it really fits into that world. It's not just something that's a purely gameplay perspective that's just, well, this thing needs to be sorted, so we'll just put it in there. It's There's a reason for it existing within that world. So let's dive into this update because I, I think you guys uh, touch on some of the things that I definitely wanted to bring up. Uh, Lorena is in the game now. She's been in here since uh, Ancient Vaults, which feels like it was back in Ashen Winds, but really has only been just one update ago. And it's Halloween time, even though it's you know November. Uh, we're in <laughs> we're in the spirit of Halloween with this event. Um, this content update has been one of the more interesting ones to me. Uh, I have actually really been enjoying it. And I, I I want to touch on some of the things in there. But because we're talking about Lorena, because we're talking about Umbra, I, I can't help but think about the, the repercussions of what's been going on. Um, Lorena has found out that um, there's been some foul afoot uh, and she's been sending out bilge rat crews which we still haven't met out into the world to try and discover what's going on with more of these uh fate of the damned skeletons appearing around the world and it's up to us uh now who clearly we are the better pirates Mm -hmm. and should be in charge of the bilge rats uh are heading out to go figure out what's happened to these crews And it was uh, very peculiar to me, at least, that the first thing we do is we talk to Lorena about the uh, fate of the damned, and she gives us a quest to go talk to Duke, at which point I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, why did Duke move if we just go talk to Duke? Um, 
but we ended up heading over to uh, Laguna Whispers and Duke hanging out with uh, Umbra. And he tells us that the the bilge rat crews were there, um, but he can't remember where they had gone. But the only way he's going to talk to us is if we help him find his grog, uh, at which point he's got a shovel, uh, his shovel, his bilge rat shovel, hanging around somewhere on the island where he uh, buried a chest of a thousand grogs, at which point uh, once you dig it up. Grog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. Yes. His his special grog, um, where you essentially just have to dig it up and give it to him, at which point he will tell you what happened to the bilge rat mm-hmm. crews and how they left their map behind. And he will then give you uh, clues to where they are. Um, Jeff, Dre, did you guys want to pick up from there as far as what you can expect with the the voyages uh, that, that people will be jumping into and what they can expect to find? Yeah, I think that, so essentially you go on a quest in the path of these missing bilge rats that will lead you toward the, I'm trying to get the, the word correct, the uh, fate of the dam, what is it? I'm trying to remember exactly what they, oh, flame, flame of the damned, Fla- right? Is flames, that what they of call flames of fate. Flame of fate, okay. Yeah. Flame of fate of damned of update. <laughs> uh, so the flames of fate, <laughs> these bilge rats are, each crew kind of gone off looking to get a specific flame of fate for Lorena. And when you track down their, their final resting place, their whereabouts, you'll discover not only their flame of fate, but you'll be ambushed by shadows of fate. The ghostly apparitional skeletons that are kind of invading certain islands. And it's a pretty simple voyage that at first at least, and you, you kind of get these flames of fate and it culminates with uh, a ritual. I'll let Dre take the rest. Hey, yeah, you get a ritual at the end there summoning forth the ghost of gray Mara. So it's not like a proper form of gray Mara anyway. It's just his ghost, um, which is quite curious because you've got the skellies are the ones who are doing this ritual. And then you have a little, back and forth with old Grey Marrow, send them back, pack them, and you get yourself a ritual skull, which is uh, one of the core ingredients for starting up Fort of the Damned. So I think these sort of uh, little voyages, they may not seem like much, they're definite sort of sort of guides, sort of ways to point people towards doing for the damned understanding a little bit more about flames of fate and the shadows of fate perhaps and uh setting up a little bit about well gray marrow yeah so yeah i would say that they they kind of walk new players through if Mm -hmm. if you were a brand new player who had not done the festival of the damned update or the fort of the damned update doing this voyage would kind of give you a very methodical introduction to these lanterns, the colored lanterns, the skeletons that are only uh, they're only vulnerable when you have the right lantern. Specific color, yeah. And then you get a ritual skull at the end, which then you could use if you were going to go right into the Fort of the Damned. So this was um, something that I actually really loved 
uh, with this update. The the fact that they are kind of staggering the progress with the update. Um, but before I dive in too much about how the actual update is laid out uh, from a, a, in a lore perspective, or at least an in-game world perspective, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask a couple questions because I thought these were kind of interesting. And I've come up kind of with my own theories about this, but uh, I find it interesting that these uh, Flames of Fate are acquired through visiting the Fairy of the Damned, where the fairy, yeah. uh, the, the, the fairy... The Well of Fates, yeah, typically. The, the Well of Fates on the yeah. Fairy of the Damned gives you the specific colors uh, depending on how you died. And the Bildrat clues have uh, been tasked with journaling their uh, adventure to explain why they are getting specific flames. Um, and I wanted to to kind of touch on this because it it seems odd that being able to journal down that you died mm-hmm. and then came back with a flame only to disappear and have crews come aco- come across your your corpse uh, seems kind of odd. It is very very strange. It, it does certainly feel like there's something else happening to these uh, build track crews because most of the times if you die in the Sea of Thieves it's perfectly fine as you say you'll come back from the ferry so why are there these corpses why are they missing if they could just come back from the dead right um, and I, yeah. I my theory kind of around that is that so so the question to that you'd have to ask is why are these shadows of fate here at all um, and, and the answer is that it seems to be tied to trying to resurrect Grey Marrow and there have been some hints that they've kind of posted on social media, teasing a little bit. Yeah, that's a very big why, hint, yeah. Yeah, and we, and we could talk about that. But um, but I think that it's notable that Grey Marrow's kind of claim to fame is that Grey Marrow knows how to bind souls to the Sea of Thieves, to objects, so that they cannot come back from the Fairy of the Damned. Or uh, even go to the Fairy of the Damned. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And so yeah. that's kind of Grey Marrow's main thing is that he's the main guy that can kill people in a way that they stay dead. And uh, we saw that in the Fate of the Morning Star Tall Tale. We saw that in the Seabon Soul Tall Tale. Tall tale. Mm-hmm. And so my theory is that these Bildrat crews that are kind of exploring this, they get the Flame of Fate they're looking for, they get ambushed by these Shadows of Fate, and then through some kind of means, uh, maybe not Grey Marrow himself, but Grey Marrow's followers or or army or whatever, they are killing these Bildrak crews and binding their souls to those to hmm. to the the earthly realm, not allowing them to respawn. Which is why we're coming across their corpses. That's just a theory, uh, but it's I, I get to that point. Uh, I get to that conclusion just because of that's what we know Grey Marrow does, and um. Other, otherwise, it is kind yeah. of an odd thing that that these crews are dead, even though they're explicitly there to teach you about how you can die, get a lantern, and then come back with it. That's what mm-hmm. they exist to teach us. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that I I want to uh, credit uh, one of my crew members, me and a fairy. She she hey. mentioned Gray Morrow, and it set me on that path to think like, okay, well. And and Jeff, I'll actually push you to commit to to your theory because I I am with you that I think it was actually Gray Morrow who bound the souls of the Bildrat clues uh, or crew 
to the the lantern that is eternally lit that uh, with the could with make the a lot of sense yeah right because it doesn't have to be lit, yeah they can be bound to objects which is you know we've seen uh arthur pendragon yeah, was bound to a painting, painting and and uh wild rose and george were bound to pendants uh so yep. yeah yeah that, that would make a lot of sense yeah, Rook is the one who learned how to bind from Grey Marrow as well. Yeah, she. So. Yeah, that's right. She learned it from Grey Marrow, and Grey Marrow learned it from Pendragon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was uh, that was one of my my main questions that I had with it. Um, the 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 thing that I wanted to touch on that uh, Dre you actually brought up was um, the ghost of mm-hmm. Grey Marrow, and I wanted to to kind of touch on this theory to see what she thought about it. Um, the reason I think that we are inevitably always fighting the ghost of Grey Morrow deals with the constant reoccurrence that we are running into skeletons who are not captains, they're not lords, and they continue to play around with these uh, dark rituals um, and summonings to try and resurrect or try and bring back uh, Grey Morrow. And because they aren't as... I would say maybe well endowed with magical power or maybe versed as well as they could be if they were say, I don't know, the warsmith, uh, that all they can muster are mere shades of gray morrow. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. If if given more time or more knowledge, um, they might find a more corporeal form. Or I I would even suggest that uh much like um the main protagonist or main, main antagonist in Ghostbusters 2, Vigo, uh, trapped in the painting, needs a vessel to uh, be fully reincarnated. And Grey Morrow is uh, possibly baiting us as pirates to the location of the spawning so that uh, oh, he, he can might potentially be able take to... over our bodies or something. Yes. Yeah. So I was curious what you thought of that. that. I think that's definitely a possibility that to resurrect somebody you need another vessel um something that should be pointed out is that during the ritual at the end of these voyages you can see that one of the skeletons performing it is holding in the ashen tome of resurrection mm-hmm. so that's particularly interesting um if you compare it as well to the summoning of the ashen lords there's a lot more skeletons that are performing the ritual to summon forth the National Lord than there is to summoning forth Grey Marrow. So perhaps it's to do with numbers as well. Right. And they don't have have that kind of altar uh, of the stack of skulls. Yeah. The Ashen winds when they bring in an Ashen Lord. Maybe maybe they're doing the same kind of ritual, but just not as... Yeah, they uh, haven't quite got as as many uh, materials to be able to do it. And that is why it is just this weaker form of Grey Marrow. It does so, yeah, make me worried about a certain other character at the moment then who might end up as a vessel, but that's just a thought that you put me on. Ahoy there, pirates. Uh, just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Obviously, this is where I do the advertisements, and I wanted to thank you all for taking some time to listen to these. If you are, uh, if you're a patron and you didn't know, uh, you can avoid these. If you want to, you can always uh, join up and get the the ad free version, which is always available through a custom RSS 
or RSS feed through Patreon. But I wanted to let you know about a couple things this week that I thought were interesting. Uh, over at Green Man Gaming, if you're looking to pick up the next uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which is a ridiculous title, or yes, Destiny 2 Beyond Light Deluxe Edition, uh, over on Green Man Gaming, you can get 11% off on Call of Duty and you can pick up the PC version of Destiny 2 as well as uh, Call of Duty, as well as a, a plethora of games going on right now. Uh, the deals are just about to head over to a new week, so I don't want to mention anything because by the time you're probably listening to this, there's a good chance that they will have expired. But I did want to turn you on over to audiblebooks.com. With the link in the show notes, you can actually sign up for free and get three books to listen to. And there's a few books that I've been listening to that I think uh, I would like to recommend to you just based on some of the reading that I've been doing. Um, the first one is actually going to be uh, World of Warcraft Shadows Rising. It's the latest book for the uh, Shadowlands book or, uh, expansion that's coming out on the 23rd of November if you're a big World of Warcraft fan like myself. Um, if you're interested in stuff that's been going on in current events, uh, I picked up a book as a recommendation for from the Daily Show, um, that was actually two technically. These, I think, both of these were actually uh, one is by Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Uh, that's a really good one. I, I really enjoyed that one. And uh, the other one that I've been listening to is uh, one from Ibram X. Kennedy or Kendi, uh, excuse me. And it's How to Be an Anti-Racist. Uh, both are, are actually all three books are really good. Um, the Shadows Rising is a little more of a fan fiction. The Astrophysics Physics is like a TED Talk uh, read to you. By by Neil deGrasse Tyson and How to Be an Anti-Racist is the one I'm diving into currently. A uh, real interesting take on the current Black Lives Matter uh, movements that have been going on all through all through the, the year, essentially. Uh, but really good, interesting approach to how to understand and uproot the, the racial and in inequality in our society and in ourselves um, as I've, I've been learning about this this year. So uh, those are my recommendations. If you guys are interested, definitely head over to the patch notes or not patch notes, the show notes and check out the affiliate links in there uh, as well as the Patreon if you want to support me and not have to worry about ads. Um, all of those things are, are helping support the podcast. It's been really great to see this, the support that you have been giving me. It has meant a lot to me and has started to help make sure that uh, the the podcast continue on and I can start taking some more time to try and work on some future content uh, for patrons, 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 patrons uh, in the future and see if I can get some extra stuff for them as well too. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys on the other side of this episode. <laughs> hmm. uh so let's let's uh i i am curious um i've had a very long-standing uh <laughs> yes hatred I, I don't know hatred i guess is a suspicion word, maybe so. suspicion I'll, I'll i'll level with suspicion yeah. just to be on the <laughs> the the kind side of things but uh duke the dark lord yeah um has been in a way uh ousted from his post and that could either be an opportunity for him that could be um you know something that he's very spiteful against and um and and i i am really curious to find out what way he decides to go because at the moment he he 
probably is experiencing quite a few emotions. I'm curious to hear, uh, Jeff, your thoughts and, and Dre uh, afterwards. How do you feel about um, Duke in his current state? Do you feel like there are two paths for him to walk? And uh, which path do you think that you would like to see him go uh, as well as like what path do you think he actually will go? Yeah, so I, I, I kind of... I, I haven't been on the kind of uh, distrust Duke train for a while. Um, I I didn't think that he necessarily was ever intentionally malicious, uh, but kind of recent developments make me think that he might be going that way. Maybe just kind of going down the wrong path. He kind of he he seems to be having a crisis of confidence and a crisis of of figuring out what his role is, and that might push him towards the Reapers uh, Bones Company, or or we don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, in the, the short term, it seems like he's kind of maybe building up the Lagoon of Whispers. He, there's like a new dock there, some slight changes to the architecture there and, and, uh, hanging out with Umbra there. And I wonder what purpose that could serve. Cause we've seen in the past, uh, locations in the game start to change and get kind of developed and, then suddenly serve a new purpose. And that happened with, there's a kind of rock mountain formation in the center of the map that started to get construction until it eventually became the Sea Dogs Tavern. And then there was an uncharted island that started to see a lot of gradual construction until it became the Reaper's uh, hideout. And I wonder if they have some kind of gameplay idea in mind to do something with the Lagoon of Whispers. Um, it would be interesting because that island is not near the middle of the map it's kind of out of the way for most spawns. So I wonder really what purpose it'll serve. But with Duke himself, I do see him kind of either potentially going down a villainous path and maybe not even fully willfully, maybe just kind of ending up being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, on the other hand, what I would like to see if they toy with that direction is to then see him redeemed. I would love a redemption arc where he kind of becomes the uh, kind of swashbuckling adventure guy that he first was introduced as that we've never really seen him proved to be um, that maybe he can save the day in some small way uh, and and return to uh, the confident swashbuckler that he once was. Yeah, I think I'll kind of agree with uh, Jeff's view there. I'd quite like to see him have a redemption arc. And I mean, there's definitely like business between him and Stitcher Jim that I'd like to see come to a head. And I don't know, even even if it ended up with Duke sort of becoming a host to somebody or something else, him having sort of like that kind of character development, him coming to terms with his hand in everything that's happened leading up to Flameheart's return to the Sea of Thieves. I like, even if it kind of does end on a sour note for him, that he kind of does get a, a nice little send-off before he becomes so, the Dark Lord who destroys us all. Maybe <laughs> maybe something like the, uh, the, the hero that we didn't ask for, but the one that we deserve. Ah, yeah. 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 Hmm. Well... I still have my reservations about Duke. Um, <laughs> I definitely think he's at the point now where he could he could descend into the Dark Lord route that I expect Quite easily. him to. He seems to be toying uh, with the idea of joining the Reapers. 
So yeah, I I would hope that 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 Umbra has a, a positive impact on him. Um, she was obviously a a, a pretty good cipher for Blind Bob and mm. uh, kind of helped keep him company for a while. So she seems to be a very positive influence, just in the sake of of trying to to catalog and remember all the great deeds that pirates have done. Um, one thing that I think was interesting is the placement of him because he could have been placed anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere uh, on the map, but he went, with, yeah, yeah. Umbra. He, he ended up with Umbra. And the one question that I have to you two is, um, we know roughly that, uh, Flameheart Jr.'s ship was somewhere around, I would say Golden Sands outpost when it sank, um, I don't know that anyone knows the exact location except for maybe a few select people who refuse to give it. Uh, but I always have suspected that Laguna Whispers, Mermaid's Hideaway, and Golden Sands are roughly around the same area as to where his ship uh, sank. How do you guys uh, feel about the theory of, of us dragging up uh, or dredging up his, his ship if we're able to find it? That'd be really cool. I'd be down with anything that kind of in, involves Flameheart Jr. Like any kind of uh, revelations about who he was as a person or where he is right now. Um, I'll look into that because I didn't really think there was a location speculated onto where that sank. Yeah, I, I, I guess yeah. it makes sense to think it would be in that area because uh, we know that Wanda, the weaponsmith, and Salty, before Salty was Salty the Parrot, they had kind of, they were the ones that found um, a cannon off of the Burning Blade. Um, mm -hmm. Although that would not be Flameheart Jr.'s ship, would it? That, he nah. had the Silver Blade. Uh, this, oh, this, is the trouble. <laughs> this is the trouble with, with uh, Sea of Thieves lore it, when you're on the spot and trying to think of things. is because everything <laughs> in the lore is named almost the same as another thing. You have multiple things with blade, multiple things with fate, multiple things with devils and shrouds and uh, damned, and and so I'm always tripping over the words. Um, but yeah, I'm you know I I think it would be cool to get a lot more of the Flameheart Junior stuff, and and if it turned out to be in that part of the world, and um and Duke was involved with that, it would be a cool way to bring in, uh, advancing the Flameheart story, the arc that we're currently on. And kind of answering this lingering question of of like who is Flameheart Junior because we kind of thought he might be the Skeleton Lord and then we we kind of found out that no the Flameheart Senior is the Skeleton Lord, um, but it, there's definitely a story there that's yet to be told, uh, or else yeah. or else they never would have had this Flameheart Junior character in the first place if they didn't have a kind of a a plan for that that role. So that is something I'd like to see for sure. It definitely seems, uh, at least to me, a little suspect that um, Duke would be placed so so close to uh, Umbra and Golden Sands, since Golden Sands seems to be where a lot of the troubles with Sea of Thieves uh, mm. started with Wanda and Salty uh, tinkering around with the cursed cannonballs. It's also um, close to her lab at Wanda's Refuge. Oh, that's mm. true, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Something we still haven't seen any headway on uh, with that that secret area in yeah, the back the, there, right? The masked figurehead, yeah. The, the masked stranger who we know is the warsmith. Uh, we have not seen 
since since heart of fire heart of fire yeah so who knows what they are up to they're kind of behind the scenes manipulating um and same goes for stitcher jim as well we don't know what the two of them are up to so yeah so do you guys think that we're getting closer and closer to our next tall tale because i feel like we're due for sure we're definitely getting closer to it I think it's not necessarily a case of it's not ready to be put in or that they haven't been developing it. It's just other life problems at the moment that are kind of Mm. making it a little bit more trickier to implement and to get the team together perhaps to work on it. Because I assume that there will be a lot of motion work for characters that they'd want to try and get down. Um, voice lines need to be recorded. It might just be a little bit more trickier. I think it's it's definitely been in the works for a while. Right. Yeah, yeah I think that certainly we're due in terms mm. of, I think that if, if they had been on maybe the schedule that they might have planned to be on, I expect we would have seen it by now. Uh, but, of course, this in- entire year has been defined by setbacks uh across the whole globe so you know the work from home situation i you especially you have to think about just getting a build ready regardless of how complex the build is it has to be significantly more complex in a work from home scenario when you have you know changes to a code base that then need to be uploaded you're not down the hall from your code no you can't just go over to somebody have a look at what they've done I think go back to your own computer. There's the time spent it's uploading, so much downloading, file sharing, and yeah. it's, it's such a significantly greater challenge from home. Um, in addition to just the other challenges of uh, efficiency and productivity of like how can we be as, as you know, how can be as easy to work together now as it was when we were in the same cubicle in the area, um, not cubicle, but you know workspace, barn, uh, barn, right? So. Certainly, that's been a setback for them. It's been something we've seen with how late some of the updates have been. Some of the monthly builds have come later than expected. We didn't really get a update in August uh, at all, really. There, there was an update to the game, but not uh, really uh, any changes to the game that came other than bug was fixes. June or May as well, we had a quality of life one as well. Uh, right after Ships May. of Fortune, there was the yes. Lost Treasure, yeah. which did have some small features and things and, and nice things like the Tall Tale checkpoints. Yeah. Um, but overall, Shanty, uh, selection. Yeah. Right. Oh, the time coming then. Gosh. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so certainly I think that things like that, like a, a Shanty selection and, and Tall Tale checkpoints, that was probably never intended to carry an entire monthly update. Nah. That was certainly supposed to be just features they were working on that they could release with any update, but the Haunted Shores likely was later than they, they wanted it to be. The the Vaults of the Ancients was then subsequently likely later than they wanted it to be. And then we have the Fate of the Damned coming seven-week gap between monthly updates. Yeah, um, quite late into October, even though wait, that fits yeah. the, the Damned kind of release schedule over the last couple of years it's still kind of a, a long gap between that and vaults that i don't think they would have wanted if they could have helped it 
So my bottom line to Mm -hmm. say about the tall tale would be to Mm -hmm. think that uh, we know that a a substantial element of the tall tale team uh, worked on Haunted Shores, the the Burning Blade Flameheart world event, and also Ashen Winds, the Skeleton, the Ashen Lord, Ashen Winds Cloud event. We're talking about people like uh, Andrew Preston and... um, Oh, I, I can think of his Twitter handle, Goldilocks. Uh, uh, George uh, Orton. George Orton. You know, some of these people who we know are the architects behind Tall Tales, they've done these other updates. They've done big world they've events. They've involved. Yeah. And, and so I would think that they've been working on this, whatever upcoming Tall Tale might be coming, uh, probably since Ashen Winds, maybe since July. Um, and when it will come will just kind of depend on th- those real world limitations that we're all dealing with in the face of um, well, the well, global pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's hard to starboard. Let's drop the anchor. Let's get back on course and talk about uh, the, the fate of the flames or the fate of the damn challenges. Um, I I have a quick question before uh, I kind of dive into your guys' thoughts on on the cosmetics. Um, the costumes that we got for this are really out there. And I, I wonder if if it hadn't been for a tie-in or uh, you know an original design of the Fort of the Dam that we got, um, looking at the uh, Soul Keeper costume, which uh, I think it's the Soul Keeper costume. Soul Flame. Um, Soul Flame. Yeah. Thank you. I remember I was thinking Keeper. (laughs) But the, uh, so the Soul Flame costume looks like uh, a a pretty good antagonist to me. Like if I was, if I was going to say like who we were fighting at the, at the the Fort of the Damned and you showed me this, uh, this, this embodiment of the, the Well of Fates, I would say, yep, that's who we should be fighting. And instead, we got it as a, a cosmetic set um, locked behind rewards. And I've been really enjoying the fact that this update is time gated. Um, it's it's given me a good stopping point during the week on when I can focus on other things once I get done with the the main weekly quests and uh, wait till next week to to kind of have the next stuff unlock. Um, how are you to feeling? And, and I'll start with you, Dre, uh, on the weekly updates uh, for this event and having the, the four week schedule. I really, really like it. And I think it's something they should do or revisit again in the future. Uh, the whole kind of events thing is something I was thinking about earlier that they've been experimenting with it all year. So you've had the various fishing events, the Summer of Sea of Thieves, and that. Uh, arena event as well to um roll out the changes to arena so this one kind of feels like it's an evolution of all of that put into well obviously they've they've put in the events tab which is pretty major to see in game rather than having to go online but yeah yeah i really like this i want to see them do more in the future because this is also a really good way of bringing players into the flames of fate and to potentially doing Fort of the damned because that's got to be pretty scary for newer players to even think about trying to go after that thing that is literally a pvp hotspot 
So yeah, yeah, and and that it's time gated as well, gives it a lot more room to breathe. I guess is one way to sort of look at it. If it had all been there, as in you could do all twenty four, I think twenty four, twenty two um, challenges. If you could do that, all of them straight from the get go, a lot of people would have burnt through that in the week. Whereas that they are time gated to one week allows sort of a something to look forward to next week as well as something you can base a session around or a few sessions around if you haven't got the time for each week. So it gives you more things to do, more things to work towards as well as keeping engagement in the game. That's kind of my views on it. Yeah, I, uh, for myself, I think that I, I like the time gaining element of it. Um, and we've seen them try this only only really one time before, which was the cursed sales uh, in the summer yeah. of 2018 when they did a weekly every week it uh, it changed and they it would move to um, what was it? it it was the the skeleton battles the the ship battles would have different yeah cursed the cannonballs streets areas of the seas and they had different yeah cannonballs and then you had to do them every week you had to make sure you did one in each region every week and and i think that some people kind of burnt out on the game during that because that maybe was too much content to do in a single week to do three ship battles in a week and if you're the person who maybe only plays one session a week um and those those battles were kind of time gated so they would only rotate regions every eight hours um that was a little much. And what the, where this current event, the, the Fate of the Damned, where it improves on that is in a, a number of ways. One, uh, they're not actually pushing an update to the game every Wednesday to change what's in there. Uh, it's all on the server-side end. So all four weeks of content is, is in this patch that we're playing, and they can just turn on and off what voyages, what dialogue, uh, what challenges are unlocked. It's all done back end so they don't have to push an update, which is obviously a huge improvement uh, in one way. And then you have, um, it, it's a more manageable amount of challenge in each week, I think, which is great because, y y you know, if you, if you played one session for several hours, a few hours, uh, you could complete your week's worth of challenges. And if you played more than one session in a week, then you could do something else. You wouldn't have to devote all your time to grinding out this like thing before it's gone forever um because it's a manageable amount and then the other way it's improved is uh at the end of that week it's not gone forever uh so the challenges for week one are only uh you can only do those challenges in week one once week two begins you can do the week one challenges uh and the week two challenges are now also unlocked uh, but the ch week one challenges don't go away. Then on week three, you can have three weeks worth of challenges unlocked and they don't, none of them have gone away. And then it will go on, I guess, until December 9th or so, according to the in-game yeah, clock. And so even after all four weeks of challenges have unlocked, you have like three weeks to then get all of them done. There's no point where they said, here's some content and you have seven days to do it or else you're never going to be able to do it. Um, they've never, they didn't do that with this update, which is great. Because I think that it's a source of stress uh, for some people when maybe, hey, I'm, you know, I'm moving this week. I'm moving to a new house. I don't have internet. I can't play. Or I'm on vacation this week and I'm going to miss out on a thing, a cosmetic or, or just, uh, just opportunity to do those challenges. Um, and that kind of fear of missing out is something 
they've done a good job of getting away from or at least giving a more reasonable ample opportunity to do things yeah. before they disappear i think this update does a good amount a do a good job of doing that where you never feel like there's a one week's worth of stuff that if you don't do it this week you are you know you're out of luck you, you have ample time um and that element of it i really have enjoyed yeah i hope that they use this as a template and go forward with it Yeah, I, I think the the clear difference that they've learned uh, compared to this versus curse sales was uh, things here are time locked, not time gated, um, which is a subtle difference. But hmm. having content open up as opposed to um, be locked to an event uh, that that you have to have specific times for um, makes a world of difference. Being able to accomplish this on your own time, uh, as long as it's within the week that it, it begins and still having access to it in, in future weeks. And then having the fourth week end up being kind of a catch all for anything that you might not have, uh, actually finished up in the, the first three weeks, um, with doing the Fort of the damned. Uh, I did want to toss out the idea that if they're going to have really cool and elaborate costumes like the uh, the soul flame costume and you're going to give us this uh this character that looks like they should yeah. be an antagonist in the world um really really utilize that like i Double don't, down I don't that, need yeah. that yeah i, I, I don't really need it to be a costume costumes. um it's cool that it's a costume but it also does feel like it should be something it, it fits incredibly well with the aesthetic of the damned stuff that they've been doing for the last couple of years it fits with the aesthetic of the fort. It is an incredible shame that currently it doesn't look like it's anything that's in-game or even possibly come into game. I mean, I will admit when I saw the words soul flame, I thought that had something to do with flame heart because soul and heart. But yeah, mm -hmm. as of currently, it doesn't really connect to anything. But it's... yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping that uh, very much like the the curse sales event where the skeletons invaded the outposts and uh, erected a banner mm. with the the dates and times of their challenge for us. I, I was expecting the soul flame character to do something akin to that and have uh, have skeletons or, or at least flames with uh, with a, a map or or a, a time or, or something to indicate like, hey, you know, we've. We've come. Uh, we've seen you taking the the uh, flames from the well of fate, and uh, we want to make sure that, that you, yeah, yeah we we want to make sure you know why they're there, and uh, you have to go pay tribute or you have to go challenge uh, the the soul flame captain to mm. to uh, kind of take over things. So I feel like that was kind of a, a missed it's opportunity, a missed opportunity but, but this year at least, yeah, yeah, there's always potential that they could do that. Part of me wonders if there's maybe. A bit of a disconnect happening between, you know, different teams. This is not all one hive-minded development team, but you have a you know a team of people that are all they are doing really is making cosmetics, and their goal they have kind of a a quota or what you want to call you know they they they're they're basically their work is for putting things into the emporium to generate revenue that keeps the game going. And this is, there's a team, and I wonder if, if there's sort of a disconnect between the team that's making cosmetics 
and the team that's making gameplay. Gameplay. Oh, gameplay. Okay. You, know, you have yeah. kind of the people in uh, designing the challenges and um, you know where the story is going and these kind of things. And you have other people who are basically just thinking, you know, we have to make X number of cosmetics so that we have things that can go into the game. Um, and we're just trying to come up with cool designs. And they're, they've done an incredible job on that front. The, the aesthetics of the cosmetics they're creating are very well done. Uh, and, the, and the special effects on some of them that have special effects, it's all very well done. But I wonder if there might be like a disconnect there where they are just trying to make stuff that looks cool and there never was any concept of what this Well of Fate's Soul Flame character hmm. meant. They could have just drawn, they could have gone, and, look at Well of Fates and then made something from that rather than this is something that we want to put in game. Right. Yeah. If if that's the case, that's a little concerning because it, it has always felt like uh, there's been a, a good, clear story that is being told with each of these updates. Um, no, that is very you know, true, yeah. A, a number of updates have uh, quality of life features that are brought in surely because of the way that they can inter- in involve it with the story of the the world you know i think of uh forsaken shores and we got the uh the volcanoes obviously but we also got captain gray morrow with the uh, introduction of the the higher level voyages out there as well as the rowboat to make it a little uh safer to to get to and from an island um it, it always feels like if there is going to be something introduced into the game that there's uh, a good reason or a good story element to it um if if there is such a disconnect and and we're getting really these really elaborate costumes for the pirate emporium that have no tie into the actual game outside of a, a just a hey there's a well of fates make a well of fates costume mm. that's concerning that the the point of the pirate emporium is is losing track of where the game should be like this is the first time i think i uh, we've seen um a good set of cosmetics from something that you would expect in the pirate emporium show up in the game uh and this is the first time in a while that i think we've actually seen uh what was it the the um killer uh no gosh oh what was the hungering deep set called the shrouded um shrouded ghost one shrouded ghost what are you talking about the the shark hunter thank you the shark hunter uh cosmetic set we we finally got the yeah um, they got the additional yeah. bits to that so those are now in the game but this is the like i mean these from from what i've seen look like they uh, they're something that are akin to the uh ruby splash tail costume set mm-hmm. or the the shrouded ghost hunter set uh more and more of the elaborate stuff is going to the emporium this is the first time i think um that rare has decided to put this kind of quality of content into the game as as rewards uh i think the last time would probably be with ships of fortune where we got the the actual trade company costumes yeah as well as and i and i do know that in terms of cosmetics and in the kind of the the ratio of, of what is coming into the game as rewards and as purchasable versus what is coming to the games as microtransaction that 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 imbalance that we might be seeing that is uh, a source of complaints uh, really for a, a lot of people friction um, i guess i i, I correction what? oh no friction i said oh friction, oh, okay. friction I you, I you were gonna correct yeah. me <laughs> um, oh no 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 uh 
I, I, I think that what we've heard and what we've been led kind of to believe is that that kind of maybe that imbalance of the release schedule of, of, con- of cosmetics is noticed uh, by the devs, but we just haven't seen it takes time for uh, changes to come into the game. So when they decide that, oh, the, the fans uh, kind of think that we need more cosmetics to buy in the game and we need more of this, it doesn't just happen the next month. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got things kind of plotted out and they maybe have to kind of change maybe the their foreplanning and how, you know, and, and so we see that that will take some time to manifest whenever they decide to make a change to the structure of how they're creating content. Um, but I think that, yeah, this definitely looks like it, an Emporium item. This doesn't look like the kinds of items we've been getting outside the Emporium. And um, it doesn't have much tie into the lore. Uh, it doesn't have much... It, it feels like the cosmetics team was given the freedom to make something very cool that sparks the imagination, but it doesn't quite line up with what the... What the update was. What the update yeah. actually was. And, and and the update that we're getting is is one that is... It's doing some cool things that I think create a lot of potential for future updates, but ultimately what it is is kind of a placeholder. It's kind of a, a an update that's just generating some engagement while we wait for real new content to come. And this is kind of... Uh, the, what some people complain about is reused content, recycled content. And I don't have a problem with recycled content because usually they put a very cool different spin on it. And I think they've done that here. And they're kind of using recycled content to get people to re-engage with something they don't engage with often, which is Beacons, Flames of Fate, and the Fort of the Damned. It makes sense to do that around Halloween and encourage that. But... um you know, people who maybe have said, well, why didn't they take that costume and make a brand new boss? And it could be something different than fighting the same skeletons. Well, I think the reason they didn't do that is because this update was always going to be kind of uh, something to promote engagement by recycling some content we've already seen. Because if you wanted it to be more than that, it wasn't going to come out on time. That The content that yeah. we know that is coming is taking longer than when they've said that they're working on updates that are much bigger than what we've seen. They've said that they will be in the future doing those very cool animated trailers that they used to do uh, again at some at some point. They've said these things that make us uh, believe that there's going to be some very big updates coming. And this update was never going to be that. This is just kind of a little bit of a biting our time update. Um, and getting us to engage with voyages that are not radically new kind of thing. Ahoy there, pirates. All right, so this is one part that I am making into two parts of an episode. So this was a very great conversation that I had with them. Uh, We went on for a couple hours. And as I was kind of going back and editing through this, I realized that this is too much of a story to be told in just one sitting. So I wanted everyone to kind of take this and uh, kind of think about it for now. Um, The rest of the conversation is actually going to come as next week's episode as we dive deeper into the Flames of the Damned or Fates of the Damned uh, update. And we we go into some more conversation about what we would like to see with the game, how things are going uh, and and what to expect with this update. So uh, expect next week we should be diving into part two of the Golden Sands blog post episode. Uh, If you like this, Feel free to let me know. Feel free to let them know. 
I'm going to have all of their uh, news and information, uh, all their links in the show notes uh, uh, for this week as well as next week as we get out more content. Next week, I anticipate uh, I will have some time spent on the Xbox Series X, uh, and and I'll be able to to get some thoughts up on that. Um, I'm gonna see if I can actually put out a special episode that should be one of the uh, the shore leave episodes to kind of kick that off. Uh, once I've gotten that, I'll also be diving into uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and uh, give some thoughts on that as well as see if these how I feel about the update, all that good jazz. So if you guys are enjoying this feel free to let me know there's always a ton of ways that you can do so uh on twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n if you want to send me an email you can always send it to c-a-p-t l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of me through discord uh, you can always join the keelhauled community discord server um there's a great place in there in fact i just saw that captain nev uh just recently posted a first mate's log that should show up on uh, one of the coming episodes um i got to, to talk with its desert fox uh and captain scarred as well uh who were happy to hear their story told on the podcast as well i know you guys love these stories and i want to have those for each episode with things like this, unfortunately, it's one of those times where I just had such a good conversation with the uh, folks from the Golden Sands blog post that I wanted to make sure that uh, you had some time to sync with it and there's some content for next week as we continue on with the uh, update. And uh, other than that, I think that's gonna do it. So Pirates, thank you, I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? And Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources.